nothing else. And he was causing trouble. And it doesn't say, well, John recognizes him. John knows that's not ministry done right. Another quote giving us insight into what Diotrephes is up to in that church. Whatever was the cause, the case furnishes an illustration of the bad influence of one ambitious and arrogant man in a church. It is often in the power of one such man to bring a whole church under his control and effectually to embarrass all its movements and to prevent all the good which it would otherwise accomplish. All it takes is one egotistical, self-righteous, self-centered individual to do great harm to a church. And people like John need to recognize that's not okay. That's not all right. That is not the way to do it. That is not doing church right. So in a good church, it's going to be good because people know the Bible and respect the Bible and see the Bible as God's authority. I, I, just, I just read, I think it was the Anglican Church in England, they're deciding to make all their references to God gender neutral. You know, don't, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't change the word of God. I mean, what, I mean, what else are you going to change in there? It's, it's not yours to change. Read it and bring your life into conformity to it. I mean, that's, that's crazy. But, we can look to the Word of God, not change it, but change us. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is describing how he did ministry with them. He's telling them. Because Paul was often falsely accused. And he was often having to defend his ministry. That was bad for him, but it's good for us because what he said about in his defense, he gives us an outline of how to do ministry right. Understanding this passage is important. Last week we mentioned several reasons why this should matter to you. Okay? One, if you're involved in ministry, it'll make sure that you're doing ministry right. If you fully understand Paul's heart as he expresses it, and your heart is like that, then you'll know you're not like Diotrephes. Who John said, when I get to town, I'm going to take care of him. So it will enable you to make sure you are doing ministry right. Number two, it will enable you to recognize when ministry is being done wrong. And it will enable you, number three, to encourage that ministry not be done wrong, but will be done right. But you can't do any of those things if you're not studying, if you're not in the Lord's house, if you're not in church to, to hear what's being taught. And that would have terrible ramifications. So we began last week. I want to do a quick review. We began last week in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 
where Paul is reminding them of how he did ministry with the Thessalonians. And again, that's a model for how we're to do it. So let's read what we looked at last week, the first four verses of chapter 2. And he says to the church in Thessalonica, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you. He said, You know how we came to you, that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God, not our own teachings. We were bold to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. There were people griping about it, but we preached it anyway. Then in verse number 3, For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. So, in telling us his approach as an apostle to these people, anybody involved in ministry can say, that ought to guide me. So from these four verses, last week we learned these four things. Ministry done right will produce believers that testify to the effectiveness of ministry done right. When ministry is done right, there will be Believers, and there will be maturing believers. And he said that was the case at Thessalonica. There was good results from his effort. Two, ministry done right requires God-given boldness even in the face of criticism and opposition. You can't run. You can't hide. You can't compromise. You have to boldly preach the truth. Number three, Ministry done right requires honesty, sincerity, and uprightness. Now, none of that describes Diotrephes. None of that. He was a self-righteous, self-engrandizing man. And then number four last week, we learned ministry done right requires commission by God and fidelity to God. Not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. So, it's important. It's important that you understand what ministry done right looks like. So that's where we left off last week. Tonight, we start in verse number 5. We're just looking at two verses. We're going to continue to listen to what Paul says in describing his, his ministry. He says this. This is our focus tonight. He continues. For neither at any time Use we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of right of covetousness. God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. That's the kind of spirit that you should display in ministry, whether an usher, whether working with children, whether pastor or assistant pastor. 
Let's look at those two verses. There's four more points here that tell us how to get ministry right, what to look for, and how to do ministry ourselves. Real quick, number one, ministry done right tonight means a person will not misuse flattery. For neither at any time use we flattering words as ye know. Disingenuous flattery is a deceptive means for unscrupulous people to try to achieve some unwarranted advantage over others. You're using flattery not for anything good. You're trying to gain an advantage. One insight into this from one writer says, the meaning is that the apostle did not deal in the language of adulation. He did not praise them for their beauty, wealth, talent, or accomplishments and conceal from them the painful truths about their guilt and danger. It would tell me to be wary of someone who's just overly given to flattery. You're the greatest, you're the best, and trying to get something trying to get something from those individuals. So ministry done right means a person will not misuse flattery. Now, there's appropriate times to give people an, a, a compliment or encourage them, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about flattery in, in, in a negative sense of the word, trying to take advantage of somebody. So if you ever see somebody doing that, you sense, man, they're kind of over the top. You can question as to where they're coming from. Because Paul said, for neither at any time use we flattering words. What else can we learn from Paul in this discourse? Well, number two, ministry done right means a person will not hide his sinister motive of covetousness. He said, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. He said, God knows. We, we were not here hiding our covetousness, that we were just wanting to get things from you. Again, insight through a quote. The meaning here is that he did not put on a pretense or appearance of piety or godliness for the sake of promoting the schemes of covetousness. Unscrupulous people will try to hide their true motives for gaining influence so that they can gain something from people. What you're seeing here is ministry done right requires just a servant's heart, a desire to be a blessing to other people. And any pretense of covetousness would be, or any pretense hiding covetousness would be wrong. Number three, Ministry done right means a person will not seek personal acclaim or applause. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 6, he says this. Now, this is a man bearing his heart and soul to this group of people. He has undoubtedly been falsely accused, and he is fighting back, if you will, when he says, nor of men... Sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, 
Again, another writer says, the love of applause was not that which influenced them. If you've been involved in ministry for any length of time, sadly, you have probably seen this. I have been involved in situations where I really think it was all about the individual. The, the, the preacher thinking that he was somebody. I, I, I've been around preachers that would go out and sit down and fully expect, and this is not an exaggeration, would fully expect everybody around them to wait on them hand and foot and thought, I'm the man of God. That's, that's what they're supposed to do. The man of God is supposed to carry a towel around to wash other people's feet. So we, you know, you, you've probably seen it. I, I, I know that I've seen it. But listen to what Paul says again. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you. So when you and I, look, we're human. And we all have that sin nature still yet. And we're working to keep it contained, to, keep, to, to, to diminish its influence. But sometimes it wants to raise its ugly head. And we like diatrophies. We want the preeminence. We want the recognition. And when we don't get what we think we deserve after the great effort that we put forth, then our feelings are hurt. Because... We're doing it for the glory. We're doing it for the recognition. We're doing it for the applause. Paul says, nor of men sought we glory. And lastly, tonight, in this scenario, we learn that ministry done right means a person will desire not to be a burden to the people in any way. At the end of verse number 6, he says, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. He was not there to be a burden. Quoting, Paul was among the Thessalonians to give something to them, not to take something from them. He did not come making demands as an apostle. Sadly, there are those that through the years will fleece the flock, as they say. Just go there, try, just trying to take, take advantage. There's unscrupulous people in ministry. And it's, it's not always a pastor. Sometimes it can be a deacon. Sometimes it can be a trustee. Sometimes it can be a Sunday school teacher. I mean, it, it, you know, somebody singing in the choir. You know, I want it to be all about me. You get the spirit of what Paul is saying here that it, it, it's about the Lord, it's about you, it's about people ministering to other people. So what do we learn from this simple lesson tonight? Well, it's kind of continuing with the same theme from last week. Ministry done right means a person will not use, misuse flattery. In other words, when you do compliment someone, it's genuine. You, you don't have any ulterior motive. You're not trying to get something. I mean, you're, you generally say, that was a beautiful song. I, I, I loved it. You know, I, no, I'm not expecting anything for my compliment. I'm not trying to butter you up for anything. No, it, was, it, was just, it was just a beautiful song. Okay. 
Is that you, bud? <laughs> That's happened to me before, so I, I get it. Now watch, Beverly's going to tell him, bud, I told you to turn that off before we got to church. Is that right, Beverly? Or... <laughs> no, that's okay. It's just us. You know, it's just us. We're family. My phone is going off while I've been preaching. Look, I told you one time I was up at a preacher's meeting up in uh, where Brother Raider's church, church full of preachers, and I'm sitting right in the middle. And my phone starts blaring out as loud as it could. Everybody's surfing now, everybody's surfing now, come on, everybody's with me. And I could not, I, but I had to get up and walk out, got in my car and went home. <laughs> that was bad. That, I could not figure out how to turn it off, and I just had to, uh, oh. And did I hear about it the rest of the day? You, you better believe, yeah, everybody's surfing, surfing USA. At least it was the Beach Boys and it was some, something else. I don't, yeah. Anyway, uh, flattery is, I, I think that there's a different connotation with flattery than with complimenting. It is certainly appropriate to compliment people when your compliment is genuine and it is given with the hope of encouraging that individual. Whereas flattery is being hypocritical, in, in, in essence, in hopes of using that flattery to gain something in, in return. And, and Paul said he didn't do that. Could have done it, but he didn't do it. Ministry done right means a person will not hide his sinister motive of covetousness. Uh, there have been and there are. Sadly, charlatans in, in ministry. And it seems as if at some point in time they usually get found out and it's quite obvious that indeed they were a charlatan and they were there just to get what they could because they had a, a covetous heart. And again, this doesn't just apply to preachers in ministry, but anybody could be guilty of this. A Sunday school teacher, uh, uh, again, somebody in the choir, somebody... You know, a deacon or, or an officer. We, you, we don't want to have that kind of spirit. Number three, ministry done right means a person will not seek personal acclaim or applause. You know, that's, that's just not what it's to be about. We all, you know, humanly speaking, yeah. A pat on the back, sure, it is nice, but that can't be, that can't be what it's about. It wasn't what it was about with Paul. And ministry done right means a person will desire not to be a burden to the people in any way. So I'm thankful that Paul is laying out, and we're not done. There will be a part three next week. But I'm thankful that Paul lays out how he did and did not do ministry because it serves as a blueprint for us, not only in what we should expect from others doing ministry with us, for us, but as we are doing ministry, this is, this is the blueprint.
a spirit of humility, a spirit of service, a spirit of sacrifice. Everyone involved in ministry is a sinner. But every one of us should be growing. Every one of us should be overcoming. It's important that we get ministry done right. Um, I believe that's powerful. Again, moving forward as a church, I want to reach as many people as we possibly can here in, in Northeast Michigan. And there's books you can buy. There's all podcasts you can listen to. And it almost sounds like it's programmed. Do this and you, your ministry will grow. Well, maybe around the edges occasionally something like that might help for a while. But for the long run, to be effective, for us to be salt and light, we need to take seriously what Paul is telling these Thessalonians. And every one of us involved in ministry at this church needs to understand what Paul told them when he told them, this is how I did ministry, this is what I did do, and this is what I didn't do. And it's all, everything he did was, was noble. It was, it was selfless, not selfish, but selfless. Uh, that's so contrary to our culture today. And when people come here and they see a choir filled with selfless people like Paul, are people up in the balcony selfless? Are ushers, Sunday school teachers, Wednesday night? I mean, there's, there's a bunch of folks back. It's just a part of our Wednesday night crowd. But back in the back, there's a whole bunch of people. So when, when people come in here and they see that, that's, that's powerful. Because it's Christ-like. I mean, it was Christ that originally got the towel and got the wash basin. Then we'll wash your feet. That's the spirit. It, it, I've been in some churches where everything's competitive. This group against that group. You know, we don't like the children's ministry. We don't like the old folks' ministry. We prefer this. We need more of this. And that's not the spirit that Paul displays here. It's, it's not the spirit. That's more the spirit of diatrophies wanting to have the preeminence. Well, I think it should be this way, and I'll just raise a ruckus until it's this way, and I'll plot against everybody till it's this way, and if i got to draw a line in the sand and get half the church to follow me, then I'm going to do that because it's got to be this way, and he had to have the preeminence. You know, give me a church of regular folks that, yeah, our human nature is to be sinful, to be proud, to want the applause, to want the acclaim, to have our way. But by the grace of God and growing in ministry, um, no, we're not after the applause. And we're not after the recognition. And there's no coveting. We just want to get it right. That's the way ministry ought to be done. And I'm grateful to Paul for recording that as an example for us today. Let's just, all of us, work hard to make sure that we have that kind of uh, sweet spirit, if you will, about ministry. That's not a sign of weakness, that's a sign of strength. Anybody can throw a fit. 
anybody can just try to have their way. Anybody can be demanding. It takes the grace of God to be humble, to have a, a loving heart, a servant's heart. That doesn't mean you're weak. That, that means you have the grace of God. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Before we pray, uh, Bill, your mom's not here tonight. Is she not well? Or you forgot her? What, what, what is <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know where she is, Bill? 